God answers. We, we started out with uh, just talking about letting God speak. Oftentimes we, we go into prayer, we go straight to prayer, we go straight to lifting up all our petitions, and we don't spend much time listening, we don't spend too much time thinking. Uh, sometimes it would do good just to sit and be still and know that He is God. And let the Lord speak to your heart, prepare your heart before we just go to, uh, you know, we can't do that necessarily in our corporate prayer. We can't sit here for 10 minutes and in, in, we could, you know what? And I think if, if, if we ever got to a place where we really made prayer the priority it ought to be, we probably could do that and nobody would complain about it. But, but we have to grow in those ways. But in our quiet time, the time we have with the Lord we can take that time, and we should take that time. We shouldn't rush through our prayers. So we listen to God, and then, and then we talked about casting all your care on Him. We, we, don't, we don't bring anything to the Lord. Every, everything we have is from Him. Everything we need is from Him. You know, we, we don't contribute anything to Him. It's all coming back to us what He does for us. But He wants us. You know, He's made it very clear in His Word. He wants us to cast our care on Him. And he doesn't want us to carry it around as a child of God. We, he doesn't want us to be anxious. The, the word in the King James, we're going to talk about this later, but is, is the word careful. Be careful for nothing. And it, it's what it means. Be careful, full of care for nothing. But by, by prayer, uh, and by prayer, uh, what is it? With, by prayer, with things, oh gosh, now I can't quote the verse. I want to quote it. Um, but by prayer and and. With thanksgiving, preparing supplications with thanksgiving. Yeah, I thought I was trying to put the supplication later, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that's an important part of our prayer. A lot of times we miss that. We miss the time of thanking. So with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And, and then what does he do? He gives the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's a, that's a good peace. That passes all understanding. But that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to cast our care. Your little cares, your big cares. He don't want you to wait till you got cancer to come to Him. You know, maybe it's something super small. I, I, story just came to mind. A buddy of mine years ago had his eight, seven, eight year old son on, on the tractor out of the Christian youth camp he was running, and the tractor wouldn't crank. Couldn't get the tractor to crank. He's trying, he's working, he's, you know, you get to where you start just tapping on stuff like, I can't get the thing to work. And, and his son, his seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old son, however old he was, you remember this story with Jay? And he says, Dad, why don't we just stop and pray? All right, that puts you in a tough spot with your kid, right? And here's why it puts you in a tough spot. Because you go, oh, yeah, we should pray, but what if we pray and it still doesn't start? Does that hurt my seven, eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid's faith? I don't want to do something that hurts his faith. And he's like debating it. And he's like, Lord, if we pray, you know, we, he's praying right now. Lord, if we pray about this and then it don't start, he, I'm this. And he said, he said ah, well, you're right, son. So they stopped and they prayed. And he goes back and a tractor starts. And it was just... It was, he says, it's just, it was so convicting to me. It was me of little faith. It was, you know, out of the mouth of babes, you know, this, this young boy said, Dad, we, we should just pray about it. Yeah, right, son. But, yeah, we should pray about, we should, there's nothing too small to pray about. 
And then we talked about, you know, how to pray. And, and, you know, the magic formula, right, is in Jesus' name. No, it's not. That's what I was talking about last week. The, the magic formula is praying according to his will and praying his word. That's the, and, and there's no magic formula, but there is, a, there is a, a right way to pray. And listen, if we pray against his will or against his word, I can promise you that's a prayer you're going to get a big fat no to every time. Okay? So that's, a, that's a, pretty, a pretty clear thing. But when your prayers line up with what God already wants for you, he's going to give it. It's just, Scripture is very clear on that. So let's look at, I, I think we've got ten things here um, that we're going to look at about, that I believe that God answers these prayers. First one is this. Uh, save me. Save me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if, you, if, 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 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, I see translations that say, if you say Jesus is Lord, there's more to it than just speaking the words, Jesus is Lord. And they say, well, someone that's not really truly confessing that can't say that. Demons lie all the time. People can say, there have been a lot of people who have said Jesus is Lord and Jesus isn't Lord in their life. Okay, so there's more to this. That confession is agreeing with God. That's what a confession is. And so if thou, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, what that really means is we are agreeing with God what he has said in his word about you and his son. And here's the deal. It's us realizing I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God by my sin. There's nothing I can do. And what happened was God sent his son to do what I could not do so that, he, so that I could be redeemed by what he did that I could not do. Does that make sense? That's what he did. So if we confess that, we acknowledge that I am lost, I am hopelessly lost, that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, and it takes faith to believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. Michael, Michael, you back there? Do you remember our conversation at Cracker Barrel a few years ago? Sat on the front porch at Cracker Barrel, went through the gospel. He goes, I get that. I understand that. I understand that. We got to Jesus rose from the dead, and he goes, I don't know how somebody can believe that. You remember that? And, and you know what I knew? He's not ready. He's not ready. I can't talk him. I, I could sit there and talk, well, it doesn't matter, Mike. Just pray this prayer, and you'll be saved. Hogwash. That ain't how it works. There, there ain't no magic words in there. It's, it's repentance and faith. And Mike understood a lot of it. He understood his sin, but he had yet to come to a place of faith, believing that God raised Jesus from the dead. And one day, Mike stepped out and said, I need what you're talking about. Mike gave his heart to the Lord. With repentance and faith. He confessed with his mouth the Lord Jesus, and he believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth, again, faith, believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There's confession, and if we truly confess, then there, then there can be real repentance. If we don't really agree with God, we don't really confess to God, there's no real repentance. How can you say you believe you're a sinner, but, you, you know, I, I get it, I'm separated from it, but I'm really not that much of a sinner. I'm really not. You know what, and I've heard people say that. You know, you start talking about sin. Do you think you're a sinner? Well, not really. I'm a pretty good person. Yeah, that's not what the scriptures say that we are. We're not. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, into him. I, 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 I never read that verse now without thinking of Noah's Ark. 
And, 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 and Noah, even Noah, who built the ark, he still had to trust God to get into. He had to have the faith to believe into the ark. He could believe the ark. Eh, I believe it will get him through the storm, but I'm not getting in there. You, you know, that. He had to believe. So whoever believeth into him, into him, into Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Timothy 2.4 who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. That's God's desire, is that all would come to, to faith. 2 Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to, long suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus has paid the price. He has done all that needs to be done for everyone. This is where man's part comes in. Jesus has done it all. It's like the marriage. And the man stands there and says, I do. Or, or it says, Are you, or will, will you take her? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. But she's got to still express her will. And the preacher can look at her and say, will you? And she goes, I thought so, but no, I don't think so now. <laughs> that, that, that happens sometimes. Or they don't say anything. The preacher looks to the woman and pew, she gone, you know. Uh, that has happened. But what happens is God has expressed his will. My will, I've done everything. It's all done. Will you, will you trust me? Will you, will you receive what I've got? And he calls. He, he speaks to our hearts through the word of God. The Holy Spirit works. But man still has a choice in that. I'm absolutely convinced I'll die on that sword. I'll die on that sword. You You pray. From a sincere heart, save me, Lord. You truly repentant, convicted of your sin, and you pray, Lord, I'm a sinner. Would you save me? I believe 100 out of 100 times God will save you. I don't think he's ever turned away a, re a repentant sinner from salvation. Number two, here's another one you want to pray. You want a quick answer? Here's a real quick answer. Search me. Try me, lead me. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 23, uh, 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. You pray that prayer. Here's what I know. You can pray that prayer, search me, O God. He's already searched your heart. He already knows. He already has the answer. So you want an answer to that? You want a prayer answered? Pray that one. Lord, I need an answered prayer. Okay, just pray, Lord, search me. Because he, he, he's like, yes! Boom. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Try me, test me, and see if there be any wicked way in me. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honest prayer. Lord, search my heart. If there's any wicked way in me, show me, reveal it to me, and, 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 and then lead me in the way everlasting. That's a quick, you want a quick answered prayer? Pray that right there. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Because he, he'll, he'll do that instantly. He'll show us. Number three. Forgive me. Now this is different than save me. But forgive me. And uh, I'll, I'll explain. But, but we serve a loving and merciful God. And every one of us are, are sinners. Amen. Amen. We're, we're all sinners. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. We all stumble. And sometimes we fall. But by opening our hearts. And confessing our sins. Our, our uh, fellowship can be restored. 
And we understand, I think we, we, we had some conversation about that a few weeks ago. There are times where, because of sin, our fellowship is broken. Not our relationship. If you're truly born again, there's nothing that will break your relationship with God. But if you have sin in your life, you break fellowship with God. You can't be in right, proper fellowship with God when there is sin in your life, unconfessed sin. And so, you know, the Lord died on the cross to save us from our sin. And uh, it's, it, 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 it's a one-time thing where our sin is forgiven, but it's another thing with it being, with it being, under, you know, with it being right with Him. Let me try to explain. So 1 John 1, 9 how many of you know who that... Uh, let me read the verse. It says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, who is John writing to? Believers or unbelievers? He's writing to believers. So if he's writing to believers and he's talking about sin that needs to be cleansed, he says, If we confess our sin... Again, it doesn't, and it doesn't say, God, would you forgive me of my sin? See, the reality is when Christ died on the cross, how many of my sins were in the future of the cross? All of them. All of my sin has been forgiven. There's sin that, I've, that has been forgiven that I haven't even committed yet because all of it was, had not been committed yet when he died on the cross, okay? So there are people who think, wow, boy, that sin will be unforgiven. If you, you, that's, where, that's where this idea that you can... You know, lose your salvation, die in your sin. You're going down the road, somebody cuts you off. You say something you shouldn't say, and then you rear in the truck, and you go into glory. Uh, but you had sin in your life, and it was unconfessed, unrepentant sin. So you had sin, and therefore you, you were lost. It's a, there are people that believe that way. You, you said something, or you thought something, and now, boy, it wasn't confessed. So if you died right then, you would go to hell. That's not what it means. Okay, these were, these, were, these were Christians that John's writing to. And he says, if, if, if we confess our sins, again, it's agreeing with God. If we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I, I, I don't think the real word that we pray is God forgive that. I don't know that, for, forgive me of that, because the truth is he's forgiven it for us as believers. The real thing that, that God wants from us is us to agree with him, right? Would you agree with that? He wants us to agree with him that something is sin, that it's wrong. That's the confession. That's bringing it to him and acknowledging that what I'm doing is wrong. I've shared with you guys... I, Susan, here we go. There's a pen she gave me tonight. It says, it's a little Bible, and on the cover it says, I might have said this before. I think I've said this before, but I've probably shared this before. When I was in college, all right, so I've shared with you all the abuse I went through. I had a lot of bitterness. as a, I, I got saved when I'm 13, but as a young Christian, trying to grow, trying to serve the Lord, I'm 19 years old probably, probably at this time, maybe 20 I mean, college, working UPS, getting up at four in the morning, working at UPS, going to school all day. A lot of stress, a lot of short nights, all that. None of that matters. But what I had was a big, bad root of bitterness in my life because of the things that I'd been through that I had not dealt with. And so when you have bitterness in your life, you have a root of bitterness, folks, it's going to show up somewhere. It is going to manifest. It's like poison ivy. 
poison ivy, you can pull it up right here, and that root will run. If you don't get the root, it'll run, and it'll pop up over there, and then you go spray Roundup over there, and then it pops up over here. You have to get the root. Until you get the root up, it's going to manifest, and there's different ways it'll manifest. Some is anger, uh, wrath, uh, bitterness, uh, or, or uh, let's see, unforgiveness, depression. Sometimes when people struggle with depression, I, I challenge them, look back. There's, there may be something in your life that you've not really forgiven. And if you've got a root of bitterness and, 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 and it's down in there, it'll come up that way sometimes in depression. So we have to look at that. But my struggle was my mouth. And uh, working at UPS, and man, it was crazy, just crazy work environment, high pressure, loading the packages, Hundreds of packages coming down the conveyor belt and all that. And, and I'd be trying to witness for the Lord. And I mean, I'm talking to the people that worked on my belt. I was a supervisor, part-time supervisor. And I'd be witnessing the people on the belt. And then something would happen and I'd lose it. And blah, 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 blah. Just, you just, you name it. It'd pour out of my mouth. Just sewage. Just anger. Just, and it would just be, it would be so quick. I, I didn't, I, And then you have the little struggle where you've seen Tom and Jerry where the little devil mouse jumps up on over here and the little angel mouse jumps up over here. And I had the little struggle going on. And I really got to a place at one time where, because here's what I would do. I'd leave there and I'd say, Lord, please forgive me. I know it's wrong. Please forgive me. And um, the Lord had already forgiven. But I needed to confess that. I needed to confess it. The problem was until you really get to a place where you truly confess it. Now, what I'm saying by that is not go, well, I really, really, really confess it, Lord. No, it's not that. It's when we really agree with the Lord and we see it the way He sees it. And we're broken and we're contrite. And we get to that place where we're truly broken for our sin because we see our sin the way He sees our sin. And so what happened was I kept struggling with that. And my pastor preached a message about the difference between condemnation and conviction. And to sum it up, conviction draws you close to the Lord. Condemnation pushes you away from the Lord. Well, which one of, you, which one of those do you think comes from the Lord? Conviction. conviction. It's not condemnation because condemnation, Satan uses that to push you away. So you make a mistake. So here's where I got to. I'd mess up and then I got to the place where the devil was winning out. What are you going to do? Go confess it again? You're going to go pray again? You're going to go ask for forgiveness again? How many times do you think he's going to forgive you for that? You're just going to keep on asking? You're just going to go do it again tomorrow? You're going to do the same thing? And I did that. And, and I got to where I was paralyzed. And I've read this somewhere. There's, you become paralyzed in prayer. I couldn't pray. Because I felt like when I came and prayed, it was, I was lying. I was... I would say, Lord, forgive me, and I'd go right back tomorrow and pop off at the mouth. And it wasn't until I truly was broken of that and acknowledged that and confessed that to the Lord. Lord, that is sin. It is sin. It's not just a bad habit. It's not just because I have a bad temper. That's sin. And man, when I truly was broken of that and I confessed it to the Lord, it was amazing. The Lord gave me victory there. And then going through some counseling and dealing with the, the unforgiveness and bitterness in my life, and that, that the Lord just took all that away. So 
if we truly, if we truly um, agree with God about my sin, then we'll turn from it. And we can turn from it. And we can have victory. We don't have to continually be in defeat. That doesn't mean we're perfect. But you don't have to have defeat in the same area over and over and over again. When we really confess it to the Lord and we give it to Him. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Again, we have to come to that place of confessing our sin to the Lord. Agreeing with Him. That's what He wants us to do. Man, my son, my son doesn't ever have to... Is Jesse back there? Okay, good. I can talk about him now. He doesn't ever have to come and say, Daddy, please forgive me. Because I'm not going to be unforgiving with him. But he might need to come and confess that my attitude was wrong. I'm sorry. I mean, that's what we want to hear, isn't it? I don't want him to say, Dad, please forgive me. And then he goes and just does it again the next time. I want to hear that he acknowledges what he did was wrong. He agrees, that, he agrees with me that that attitude... Popping off at your mother that way was wrong. Now, you got to get it right. And the way we get it right is we confess. Because when we confess it, we're agreeing with God that that is wrong. That's what we shouldn't do that. Amen? Okay. I, I, I've heard that when, when the horse is dead, dismount. So I think, we've, I, I think I'm there. I think I'm there. I think I beat that horse enough. I think you've got it. All right, number four, uh, glorify. Here's another thing that, that God will answer. Glorify yourself through me. The Lord wants glory. He wants glory. And so we, we, if you pray that God would use you to bring glory to him, he's going to answer that. Habakkuk 2.14, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That will happen. That is a prayer. That, that prayer, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. The Lord is going to be glorified. Now, do you want him to be glorified through you? Because that's the Lord's desire. He wants to be glorified. And he will use you, and he wants to use you for his glory. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, if you can do it to the glory of God, then praise God, do it to the glory of God. If it's not something you can do to the glory of God, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Okay. All right. Just checking. Our Lord desires to use us to glorify him. Sometimes it can be hard to know what to do or when uh, or, or where he is directing us. And so simply ask and he'll answer. Miss Linda, you, you've many times you've given testimony in here about a conversation you've had with somebody. You got to witness to the Amazon person or you got to witness to somebody on the phone or whatever. And you know why that is? And, and Linda is a, she's Mother Teresa, folks. She's, she, she's in, in, uh, in Israel. Somebody called her that. They called her, and there's bad woman over there. So Mother Teresa and bad woman. I'll give you an idea. I'll give you an idea. So, but, but Linda, here's what I know about Linda. She's, she's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And she, she's sensitive to what God's doing. So she, you know, I believe, I, I don't know this. You've never told me this. But I, I imagine the morning in Linda's prayer time, she says, Lord, use me today. Show, show me a situation. You should have a conversation with Miss Jeannie Best. So somebody grab her tonight. She'd love to tell you the story and, and let her tell you the story about this last trip she was on. And, the, and time after time after time, she had opportunity to give glory to God. And her attitude was, Lord, use me on this trip to bring glory to you. 
So there, was it the train or a flight that you missed? It was late. It was a train. And she was delayed. And they didn't get upset about it. We would pray. Here's what most of us do. Lord, use me today. Lord, give me opportunity to be a witness for you. The train, we miss the train. What we do? We do what I did a while ago. Blah, 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 blah. And everybody around us go, oh, wow, okay. Uh, and they go, hey, can I tell you about my Jesus? And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. You need Jesus, you know. Uh, we gotta, we look, if we look for those opportunities, if we really sincerely look for those, but it means we've got to slow down and look for the opportunities. Miss Jeannie sees them. Miss Linda sees them because they're looking for them. And instead of getting frustrated because, Lord, would you, would you work things out so I can talk to somebody today? And you miss the flight. And what, we get all mad. The Lord just answered your prayer. That's when you ought to go, we missed the flight. Hoo-wee, hoo doggy. Who's he going to bring in our path now? He's got something planned. That's how we should see it. I'm telling you, see Miss Jeannie. She'll, she'll share a good story with you. Um, so ask him. Ask him what to do. It could be something big like starting a nonprofit ministry, or it could be something small like buying a homeless person a meal. It could be that simple. He's given you unique gifts, talents, abilities, experiences, and education to reach other people for him. We're all different. There are people you can reach I can't reach. There's people I might can reach you can't reach. Some people just click with other people. Some people don't click. So we all have opportunities, and God will, wants to, and he will use us. Number five, number five is, here's another prayer, reveal more of yourself to me. You think he would want to answer that prayer? Absolutely. Luke 11, 9, 9 and 10 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will uh, find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. God reveals himself to us through his word. Amen? He reveals himself to us through his word. You don't almost die and go to heaven and get to wander around in God's library and pick out five books to bring back with you uh, and you steal another one and bring back with you and then write a book about it. Okay? People who will buy books written by people who supposedly had a death experience and went to heaven. Folks, that's a whole different kind of stupid I'm sorry, and if you've read those books and believe them, forgive me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the others. But we won't open the Word of God and believe it, but we'll buy a book that's written by somebody who supposedly died and went to heaven and stole books out of God's library. And that's the stuff that goes on the, the, the bestseller list in New York because people want their own beliefs. They want to believe what they want to believe. They don't want to believe what's been clearly revealed in the Word of God. He reveals himself to, through his word. And so in, in the busyness of life, it can be hard to see and to hear where the Lord is leading us. But if we simply stop and ask him to reveal himself to us, he will. And it, and it usually happens in some pretty awesome and amazing ways. It's when we stop trying to figure it out and we just slow down and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, show me what to do. And you know what? That's a, you know, anybody ever get a little stressed? Do you ever find that you're stressed when you're trying to do it in your own power? When, when you're stressed, and Brent, that might have been last week. Man, I'm telling you, last week was one of those weeks. It started, 
It's last week started the Friday before, and I think it went through the weekend, and from Monday through the end of the week into the conference, it was good. Some of it was good stress. Some of it was bad stress. I had some difficult conversations that pastors have to have. And I feel my stress right here in my shoulders. And even today, I can hardly turn my neck this way. So I went to the chiropractor yesterday trying to get, because I could not hardly move my head uh, yesterday, just killing me. But I, that, it just settles there. But here's what I find sometimes is I, I, I'm praying, but I'm not really giving it to him. It's the, here, Lord, I give it to you. Uh, well, you know what? I probably ought to still think about that a little bit. That's what we do. We've got to learn to give it to him. And that, that, it doesn't mean we stop. I shared this. You know, we're on a shovel going, yeah, uh, there, we need a hole there. We'll just trust God for the hole as we're leaning on the shovel. No, how about we dig? And we're going to trust God for the hole, but we're still going to do our part. We do what we have to do. We do what God wants us to do. But man, too many times we just don't even, we don't even seek the Lord. We got to seek Him. We just ask Him and He'll... he'll um, He'll give you answers, but never, but don't forget this. God never contradicts his own word. He never contradicts his own word. And he most clearly speaks to us through his word. Okay. Number six, number six, give me wisdom or give me clarity. Proverbs three, five and six is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It goes in line with what we're just talking about. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. So how many would that be? It'd be all of them, wouldn't it? It'd be everything, everything in life. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You want direction in life? Then in all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust him. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. The Bible tells us we are not to lean on our own understanding. This can be especially hard in difficult times. When you're facing a situation where you don't know what you should do, ask him to give you his wisdom. Lord, don't give me my wisdom. Give me your wisdom. Tell me what I need to do right here. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So what would be a good place to go to when I'm looking for wisdom? The word. The word. The word. Your word, Lord. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Avoid any counsel. Folks, avoid any counsel that contradicts Scripture. Someone starts telling you, hey, this is what you ought to do. If it contradicts Scripture, you find somebody else to talk to. Don't, 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 don't listen to that. James 1.5 tells us, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Sometimes we're all stressed out and in our own heads, and, and he'll, speak, he'll speak through a pastor. He'll speak through a, a church member. He'll speak through a friend. About, about what we should do. Sometimes some, somebody can give you some counsel. But let me say this. If it is not a biblical answer, it, it, then it is not from God. Okay? Um, and and I'm going I'm to say this. Be careful with taking, well, the preacher said do this. You need to make sure God said do that. Not just preacher. Not, not your best friend who, I don't care how spiritual they may be. Listen, counsel's good. Scripture talks about counsel from godly wisdom, people full of wisdom, wise folks. There's, there's, 
safety in a, a multitude of counsel, the right counsel. But folks, there ain't nothing that replaces going back to the Word of God and you talking to Him yourself and having Him give you the answer. Uh, the last thing the Lord wants is for you to go down the wrong path or make the wrong choice. He doesn't want you to do that. So He's not going to guide you, misguide you in, in that way. It may take, may take time and patience, but the Lord will always answer a prayer for clarity. Don't move till you have clarity. If, you don't, if you're praying for wisdom and you've yet to receive the wisdom, don't do anything yet. Praying for clarity about a situation, you don't have it yet, wait. He'll answer, but, but he doesn't always answer on your time. Lord, give me wisdom and I want, uh, give me patience and I want it right now. You know that what we do? I'm going to tell you what you do when you pray for patience. And I've heard people say, don't pray for patience. I'll tell you, don't pray for patience. No, I say, do pray for patience. Does God want us to be patient? Absolutely does. I tell you, you ought to pray for it. But when you pray for it, be ready because here's what he's going to do. He doesn't just give the magic wand and poof, you have patience. No, he gives you opportunity to exercise patience. So you go to Walmart and the 35 lines there and there's two open. And so you get in this line. And, and, and. You know, the person in front of you is having all this trouble, so you jump over into this line. And then they got a problem, and this one moves up, and eight other people just went through, and you go, well, you jump over here. And it happens again. And so the Lord says, okay, you asked. Now let's see if you can exercise it or not. And I, I, I'm, I'm not always the most, most patient person, but I'm going to tell you, I'm a lot more patient than I used to be. I, don't, I try not to stress in, in traffic. I try not to stress about gas prices, things I can't, things I can't fix, things I can't do anything about. I, I've, I'm learning, why would I get upset about that? Why would I get all torqued about these things I can't do anything about? Why would I stress that? So I'm learning to be patient uh, in those things. And that's what, that's what we should do. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for it is... Uh, the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You ask for wisdom. He, he, he wants to give you wisdom. He wants you to go the right way. That's why he wants you to pray for direction, because he wants to lead you in the, in the right direction. So we need to pray, and then we need to, to follow through. Wow, I'm not going to finish. I thought, surely I would finish tonight. Uh, okay, well, it's time. I'm not going to force it. Um, be patient. <laughs> I'm okay with it, but I feel like sometimes y'all aren't. Like, bro, preacher can't ever get through a message. and I, It's okay. It's okay. All right, so we've just got three more and then some points, some, some wrap-up points on that. So we'll finish that up. Seven, eight, nine. Well, actually, we have four more points. So I got through six.